Susan McLaughlin here with the Align for Health podcast. If you're living in chronic pain or are just interested to learn how people have successfully gotten themselves out of pain, this is the podcast for you. Tune in to listen to interviews of everyday people taking steps toward a pain-free life. Today I have the pleasure to interview Meredith Nelson. Meredith is a former client of mine who sought treatment when she continued to experience painful pelvic floor symptoms and urinary incontinence postpartum. Hi Meredith, thanks for being here today. Hey Susan, I'm so glad you asked me. Yeah, great. So some of the things that I just wanted to get started with in the intro, I talked about how I got to meet you and that was actually... um, with you as a client and one of the things that you just shared with me was that your postpartum period you really felt like you your body had totally changed and you just didn't have any ground to 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 stand on so you said you just felt like you were swimming can you can you share that time period for you what was that like and what was happening for you what were some of the symptoms yeah um well, first off, I, I had a unmedicated birth, mm-hmm. and um, and I had expected, you know, just based on stories that I'd heard anecdotally, that my recovery was going to be awesome because yeah. I was having a natural birth, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, I'd seen other people experience that, and people who'd done it both ways say, "Oh, it's so much better when you have a natural birth," and so I had this expectation that I was just going to get up and walk away. And, um, and my pregnancy was totally healthy. I never had, I was never even uncomfortable, wow. you know, even at the very end. I was, I carried into 38, uh, to 41 weeks mm-hmm. and, um, was never even uncomfortable. So I just expected it to be, to continue to be great. And then, um, basically the minute he was born, it just all changed and I, I couldn't even walk to the bathroom and I, I was, you know, crawling there and, um, and, you know, I thought, well, it'll get better in a couple of days. And then really for the first two weeks, I couldn't really walk. I was without, without a lot of pain, um, mm-hmm. just kind of just tons of pressure in my pelvic floor. And so I kind of, when I needed to move around, would kind of walk hunched over to, to take the pressure off uh-huh. of my pelvic floor. And that's the only way I could really stand or walk. And then um, I was super smart and went back to work less than a month after the baby <laughs> was born because I was a professor and I was worried about my students being ready for finals and, um, and I wanted to be back. It was my choice. Um, but I would have to pace in front of my classes because I couldn't stand. If I stood still, the pressure was just too much to bear. I had to be walking in front of my classes and they didn't know what was going on. And that was pretty typical of me anyway. But, um, but I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to get better tomorrow is going to get better next week. And um, other symptoms I was having um, was um, p- pain in my lower abdomen anytime mm-hmm. that I kind of twisted or bounced. Okay. Um, and um, very painful bow- bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then um, pretty serious urinary incontinence. Um, so I was wearing a full maxi pad Okay. Um, during the day, and so um, all of the, I knew, you know, I started asking people after a couple of weeks, you know, when did these things go away for you? And finding out that a lot of people never even experienced them, 
And, you know, seven weeks postpartum, I was still experiencing all of this. And that's when I kind of realized this isn't right. I need to figure out what's going on here. And um, that's when I was reading. I've been following Katie Bowman's blog for a while. Okay. And then I stumbled across her interview with you. And I thought, oh, if only I could go see this woman. I wish I could be live where she lived so I could go see her. And then at the bottom, I realized you were in my same city, <laughs> which was, it felt like a miracle to me uh-huh. Uh-huh. To, um, to finally feel like somebody had an answer for me. But yeah, for that first seven weeks, I was, I was just at a loss. And I think partly because, um, you know, people that I talked to, especially about the urinary incontinence, which was bothering me almost more than anything, uh-huh. would just say that just, that's just happens. That's right. part of childbirth. And, um, and I felt like, well, then why isn't everybody going through this? Right. <laughs> Clearly not just because of childbirth, but that's that sounds to me like quite quite a, a lot going on and be and you went to work how soon after? Four weeks oh, or four actually weeks. a little okay. less than four weeks after. Okay. So what was the time frame then that seven week mark? Is that when you made an appointment to see me at that seven weeks? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I remember one of the things that stood out to me the most, I think, was you described not being able to get up from the floor. Oh, yeah. What was that happening was, there? That was that was long term. That had been happening for years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't from childbirth. That was, um, yeah, for years when I would lie flat on the floor, mm-hmm. my something in my lower back would, like, lock. And oh. I couldn't get up off the floor without help. And without pain, like someone would have to kind of help me, like force my body up, and then it would unlock, and everything would feel great. And I never had pain except when I was trying to get up from lying flat on my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was another symptom that I that I'd had for years. Mm-hmm. So how was the experience of receiving kind of? little dual information so you know for me as a pelvic physio I wouldn't say that my approach is um and maybe maybe you don't know how to answer this because you didn't go see just a a standard pelvic physical Mm -hmm. therapist without the alignment based background Mm -hmm. but what was that experience for you how did you feel like as a client or as a patient coming in to seek care it, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, I, I haven't been to a, as you said, traditional pelvic therapist, but, um, you know, I thought that you would, just like a physical therapist who's helping you with your knee or your arm, actually, you know, be physically, like, showing me exercises to do with my pelvic floor and um, and that, you know, I would get this, like, hands-on help there. Um, and instead, you started by showing me how to stand and um, and stretches to do with my legs and we talked about breathing and I was I was surprised by that but because I'd been reading Katie Bowman's blog I I understood the integration of all of it Um, but I didn't realize that those things would be what led to my healing I thought I was going to need some like really focused attention just in that area Um, so yeah I guess does that answer your question (laughs) yeah it does so I guess for people maybe who don't have some of the um, background in some of the restorative exercise and even knowing who Katie Bowman is, 
what was it about her information that drew drew your interest? Um, it just made sense to me from the beginning, you know, that, that our bodies have been kind of removed from nature and so they can't, you know, they can't perform these natural functions the way that they would if they were there. You know, it just made sense to me and, um, and, uh, and just the whole body integration, you know, how everything's connected, um, it just was sensible. I guess that's the only way I can put it. I don't have any background in in anything medical or, or physical therapy. Um, so it's just about kind of what made sense to me. And then, um, and then when I read her interview with you, I realized that, that all of that could actually be key to my, to my healing from childbirth. Okay. So you, you went in, you had been searching for something. So you went in with maybe a, a little bit of a nugget yeah. Of information. So then when I was sharing something for you, you didn't think maybe I was just off my rocker? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was ready to accept it, but I think I would have accepted. I was looking for any answers at that point. So I was ready, I was ready to try anything, uh-huh. Susan. <laughs> but, so so you yeah. mentioned that, that you did feel that some of this basic everyday stuff, how you're standing, how you were sitting, was playing into some of the the continuation of your symptoms, Yes. Yeah, but I didn't. That didn't all really sink until I until I met with you. I don't think because I was continuing some of those habits. I wore high heels every day of my pregnancy okay. to teach. It was just kind of part of my costume, and um, and I knew I'd been reading. I knew that that was not good, but I I continued to do that. Um, you know, and I I sat in my chair in my office, and I sat it on my couch at home. Even though I felt like I was very active, I exercised every day. Um, really, I didn't. I wasn't living. I wasn't living that truth yet um, because I didn't really accept it until my body showed me how bad it really was uh, mm-hmm. once I had a baby. Well, at what point in the going meeting and having our appointments and you doing some of the home play, at what point was it where you felt like you were getting your body back? Day one. Oh. I honestly, not all, I mean, it wasn't all immediate, but the pressure the pain in my pelvic floor was gone the first day um, because you showed me just how to back my hips up. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, there are people who are going in for surgery for this kind of thing. And, oh, my gosh. Um, And all I had to do was move my hips back and and learn how to stretch my legs. And um, that was an immediate healing for me. And that was, obviously, that was the biggest, um, the uh, the hardest symptom at the moment to deal with because Mm -hmm. I just couldn't stand. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I realized like, this is, these are the answers. This is what I need to do. And, um, really like I stopped bleeding, which I'd been doing wait, you know, seven weeks. I was still, I stopped bleeding immediately, immediately after seeing you the first time because I I just made that one adjustment. Um, and, um, within a few days of doing the stretches, I stopped feeling pain in my, in my abdomen whenever I was you know whenever I twisted and um and within like two weeks of doing the psoas release every day mm-hmm. which I love it's my favorite thing um Me too. my back healed yeah and I've had this problem for years and mm-hmm. I suddenly could get up off the floor again mm-hmm. all by myself without even feeling anything and it was only like two weeks after I've been doing the psoas release that that happened, and it's never happened again. I mean, I don't even oh. do it very regularly. <laughs> okay. I just, 
every once in a while kind of pull out my sewers at least. Um, so, and that might be also because of the way we've changed our lifestyle that it hasn't had the chance to redevelop that. Well, that's a, good. Um, Merida, that's a great segue. And I'd really like to move into that because you had mentioned that you made some changes to your, your lifestyle and those would be, um, f floor living. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about what you did to transition everyday life for you? Yeah, well, thankfully I have an awesome husband, and I was like, Cameron, what if we sawed the legs off our table and got rid of our couches? And he was like, okay. <laughs> there was no, there wasn't even discussion. Uh -huh. um, he was fine with that. So I got to just go whole hog, and we did. We sawed the legs off our kitchen table, got rid of all our chairs and all of our couches, and started living on the floor. Um, and started seeing the benefits right away, um, one of which is that we moved across the country and didn't have to pack any couches or chairs into the truck. <laughs> Um, another is that suddenly you have all this floor space to like roll around on and play in and be, you know, we have a, th he's three now, at that mm -hmm. time he was one and a half, but we were literally like down there with our son and we loved that too, to just be kind of in his, in his sphere mm -hmm. and not just be up above him all the time. Um, but yeah, so we got rid of all of that and, um, you know, had to get creative with the way we decorated and because our, our, our sitting implements are so central to our home decor. But um, so that was all really interesting. But then, um, you know, the first few days were hard. Like we realized that like, our lower backs were really achy mm -hmm. from sitting on the floor. And, um, and but within a couple of weeks, we'd really developed those muscles in a way that we just had never developed them before. And now and we can sit endlessly on the floor. Um, yeah, which is awesome. But we can't sit in chairs. Like when we go to church or work or whatever, to sit in a chair for longer than 20 minutes is really uncomfortable for me. Like I have to start stuffing stuff behind my back because <laughs> I just, like I can't stand sitting in chairs anymore. Yeah, but. you know, that's really interesting. I have a friend um, and colleague um, who is um, a restorative exercise specialist and she's from Bulgaria, and one of the things that she said, and forgive me, Galena, if I'm hashing it wrong, but um, it, she said we have this saying in, or this this version of health in Bulgaria, and one way to know that you're healthy is to know that sitting, like if sitting is uncomfortable for you, then you're you're a healthy, healthy <laughs> person. Yeah, I kind of compare it to like you know we we have also totally revamped our diet in the few years, in the last few years. And, um, you know, like if I, I took a bite out of a Big Mac a few months ago, and mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even, oh my gosh, I couldn't even barely swallow it. Where, you know, it used to be that that was not, not, I never ate fast food a lot, but that wouldn't have bothered me 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you just, yeah, you, you develop a more refined movement taste. Right. And, and you can't, you can't take the junk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but there were some downsides to starting to sit on the floor. There aren't really downsides, really. It's just our bodies speaking to us, and that is that I actually got a lot tighter in my legs, okay. um, my calves and hamstrings, um, from doing a lot of floor sitting than I was before because I was sitting cross-legged a lot mm -hmm. and kneeling a lot, and um, so I don't know the the technical terms, but you know my leg was a lot more bent a lot more of the time, right? And um, so I think those muscles actually shortened because I was kneeling and cross and sitting cross like it so often. So if you're gonna floor sit and get rid of your furniture, you also have to be really like conscious about about taking lots of different positions 
um, having your legs straight on the floor, um, not just always crossed or kneeling, and then doing the stretches to kind of compensate and keep mm-hmm. keep those muscles lengthened. But, and walking, do you yeah, did you yeah. get change your walking habits at all? Yeah, I never really walked before I had Peter. I always ran, mm-hmm. and um, I did hike a lot. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I we did start walking a lot more. It's hard with a baby because I wanted to. Um, I didn't want to put him in a stroller. <laughs> I'm really trying to like follow that. Um, but so I wouldn't get very far once he was walking and wanted to walk with me. Um, but definitely we would get out every day and try and walk. Um, and now we can do a lot more because he can go a lot farther, which is nice. That's but yeah, good. that's another way we've had to compensate for for sitting, you know, with our legs bent more yeah. often. Well, that's wonderful, Meredith. So I just want to recap real quick about the time that you came to see me just to refine some of this information that you were reading and some of the blogs and the books that you were reading by Katie Bowman. Um, so you you mentioned that there were a couple of things that were big players. One was the standing piece. So really being able to stand with the vertical legs sounds like was a big shift to you. Also that psoas release position and for those of you listening, I will link the how to do the psoas release position. I have a YouTube of that. And that also, I am with Meredith. Like that to me is like the money ticket. It's mm-hmm. like the um, Willie and the Wonka chocolate factory, the mm-hmm. magic the magic ticket. It, yeah. Because for me, that changed um, my back pain as well. So I'm glad to hear that that was helpful for you. Was there anything else um, that was helpful for you in your healing process? Um, I think, well, I think all of the leg stretches mm-hmm. that, that, especially the calf stretch, you know, I noticed a, I think a, cor- a direct correlation between my faithfulness to the calf stretch and my incontinence. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I felt like when I was really, really diligent about that, um, things would be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize for, I think sometime after I saw you that, and I'm doing it right now, that when I, because <laughs> you pointed it out, that when I speak, I stop my voice and I stop my breath completely. Yeah. And um, I hadn't realized that my breathing was an issue, but I I was able to identify, thanks to you kind of pointing me that direction, that I do have a very kind of shallow, erratic breathing pattern. Mm-hmm. And um, that has been my biggest, I feel like my biggest a revolution when it comes to my healing my incontinence mm-hmm. is when I really focus on my breath and breathing correctly um, and breathing fully and um, and so that that has been I think a big healer as well along with all the stretches and releases mm-hmm. and I like what you say what you just shared too and realize for people listening too is there's a I guess a, a spectrum here of change and we're constantly day to day could be different than the other day so I think when someone gets out of leaking urine that doesn't mean that they're never going to leak urine again right. it kind of goes in phases and so for you to be aware that when you are maybe um bearing and holding and not not 
getting your calf stretches as much, you might actually be leaking more urine than other times when you're just being more aware and being more mindful. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that you pointed out to me um, was just the ability to to separate. You helped me separate mentally and physically these muscle groups from each other. You know, like I, I could not contract my abdominal muscles without contracting my pelvic floor when we met. Mm-hmm. And like I tried and tried and I thought that's impossible. You can't separate those two. And just with practice, I was able to do that. And and now just the ability to mentally target and release muscle groups, um, you know, I I can um, I, I that well it just allows me to release them, you yes. know, consciously release. And that has been a part of my healing process to be able to target my pelvic floor and just say let go. You don't need to be holding that right now. Right. You know, or especially my glutes, you know, I just squeeze them. <laughs> I don't know if, if it's just me or if everybody walks around doing that. But um, to be able to actually target and release um, is something I couldn't have done before working with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I, I feel like it, you you are a great uh, example of many people out there. So it's not just you squeezing your glutes. <laughs> I think a lot of us do it. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is exactly what you're saying is realizing that you are so you mm-hmm. can un- undo it. Yeah. And that's that's part of the key. I kind of want to go into, you know, it's been, gosh, it's been a while since I've seen you and you've had big changes in your life and you've like moved so you moved from Salt Lake to the Mission East Coast yeah. and then and now you're back west coast. So yeah. uh-huh. in this whole shift you've also changed career paths a little bit. Yeah. And do you mind just sharing that? Because I I, I really love what you're doing now. I love your 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 passion and your nurturing that you bring into your services. So can you share a little bit about what you're doing now? Yeah, so after I had Peter, I was still teaching full-time at a university and um, t- totally unrelated, teaching language. And, um, and But I realized in my spare time I wasn't reading anything about my academic discipline. I was reading birth literature <laughs> and, you know, Katie Bowman's books and blogs. And, um, and I knew that I needed to kind of explore this and see if this is something I wanted to do. So I, I did a doula training and... Um, started working with women and when we moved to Virginia I started doing that full time and um, and so I for the last two and a half years I've been working as a doula and I'm doing that out here in California San Jose as well um, um, both birth and postpartum work um, and it's amazing how my experience has impacted the way I can help these women I mean I've contacted you once or twice saying yeah. this is what's going on what would you suggest but um, just my own experience has allowed me to really help women avoid these issues and and also heal too, um, especially during pregnancy, which is when I mostly work work with women. Um, but I one thing that it's really helped me with work, working in this field is that um, I realized that the problems that I saw were just something with were just me, mm-hmm. you know, something wrong with my body, something I did wrong actually a lot of people are dealing with and they're just not talking about it. There's like this silent majority out there I almost feel like of women who who are dealing with issues maybe not as severe as mine were um, but some more severe especially during pregnancy because I had a great pregnancy and so I realized how you know how widespread this is and how this information really needs to get out there. Um, really? So what are some of the common things that you're seeing? 
Um, during pregnancy, um, I've had probably, if you look at my intake form, mm -hmm. you know, I have it all in like an Excel file and I have this question, have you dealt with lower back pain, hip pain, um, SPD, any of these in your pregnancy? 95% of them say yes. You know, oh. So everyone's dealing with this the, this hip pain and some I've had several clients with really severe um, pain in their hips and groin area and, and lower back at the end of pregnancy. Um, so a lot of people are dealing with that. And um, then sciatic, sciatic pain also, okay. really common. And the interesting thing is um, people, and I know there are wonderful midwives and doctors out there who really do understand this stuff, but I feel like it's not very well understood in those fields because I've had several clients go to their midwife and say, I'm dealing with this really severe pain. And the midwife says, this isn't pregnancy related. I can't help you. Um, and um, and although I although I do think it's a lifetime of, of habits that have that have led that to happen, it is pregnancy related because all of a sudden you know you have these huge weight differently this different weight distribution. Yeah. Um, I, and there is so much you can do to help a woman a pregnant woman in that situation. Oh yeah. Um, and the the number one thing that I've seen help people with that is the psoas release. You know when I when I um, show them how to do that. Um, I had one relative who was experiencing severe sciatic pain. I showed her the psoas release, and she got better. Like, it was gone. It was gone before she had her baby. And most nice. of the time, it's just like, you wait it out. You know, you make yourself as comfortable as possible till that baby's born. Um, so I also had a client who had several. She had four babies, and she was pregnant with her fifth. And, and all of her pregnancies had been really, especially progressing each one, really painful to walk around, um, just a lot of hip and, and groin pain, and um, to the point that it was just debilitating in her fourth pregnancy, and she was really, she hired me early on, she was really worried about that with this pregnancy. I showed her the calf stretch, I showed her a couple of hip um, exercises to strengthen her hip, and I showed her the psoas release, and it was better than any of her previous pregnancies, and interestingly, all of her Former, her earlier labors had been, and this could be coincidence, but all of her, her first four labors had been super long. Um, you know, even her fourth labor was really long, and, um, and her last one was four hours, and she was done. And wow. she felt like maybe there was a connection there um, between having prepared her body and done those stretches, because she was really faithful to them. Nice. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's really common. I see it in the majority of my clients, some kind of, of hip or, or groin or back pain in pregnancy. And then not not infrequently incontinence postpartum. Yes. Well, you are such a great resource for these women as a birth doula and then as a postpartum doula. I'm so glad that you're out there. And um, we have. I'm going to if you if you're okay because I want to promote you. I think you're. You're just a, a radiant light that needs to be shown all over. So who knows where you're going to be next? But right now, yeah. <laughs> Meredith is in San Jose, and and I want to share your your Facebook page and your website so people can um, come to you if they're in your area. You're amazing, and really for me, you are an inspiration because the thing thing that's really important for me is. I really get a lot of joy working with people who come to me and they 
there's that connection of getting it themselves and finding it in their body and they're really wanting they're driven on the inner to create the change and really all I just all I do is I just share it and then you run with it and that's what you did Meredith which is so fun to be able to experience because now you're sharing it with these other women who are um, clients of yours so I really appreciate you and I really appreciate your time today this has been um, great to speak with you yeah thank you Susan I mostly just link everyone back to you when they ask questions. <laughs> well I appreciate that now one thing that I I, I want to end with if you don't mind and I don't mean to put you on the spot but um, one thing that I just like to ask if if there's one thing out there or if there's just a piece of advice to share to people who you know as you know you were not alone and now that you're working as a doula, you see many other women. Do you have anything that you would be willing to share? Yeah. Um, I had a friend write me just a week ago describing very similar symptoms and asking if, if I had any advice for her. And, you know, I had, you know, I had a lot of links to send her from your site, from Katie, um, and things to, to kind of open her mind to. But, um, but the one thing that really struck me that I needed to share was that um, the, the emotional side of this can be just as hard or way worse than the physical side because you do feel alone. You do feel like your body has betrayed you, you know. And um, and for me, I think I had this adversarial relationship with my body for a long time after Peter was born um, and before I really experienced healing. Um, and even while I was experiencing healing, and um, then it just struck me one day that my body's not my opponent, you know, and I and I needed to treat my body like another person, you know, like one of the women that I care for, and and say we're going to get you better. I'm not going to give up on you, you know, and and be there for my body like I would be for another human that I loved, and um, and that really changed my experience, you know. I don't know if it sped my healing up, maybe it did, but it changed my experience of of my symptoms um, where I could be compassionate and um, and just and more patient with my body and so I think that that's really important to address the emotional um, pain as well as the while you're trying to address the physical symptoms um, just to to treat yourself like you would treat another person and be really patient. Mm. I love that Meredith. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks Susan. It's been a pleasure.